book club, bunko, and everything in between. Clubs and groups can help build lasting friendships, and that's something to celebrate. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. I'm Amy Wiley, owner of Suburban Soiree. Join me as we celebrate, decorate, organize, host, and make life fun. Hello, welcome to episode 21 of Something to Celebrate. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you listening each week and telling your friends about the podcast. It really means a lot to me. I'm going to talk about clubs and groups that can help grow friendships in adulthood today. It can be hard to make friends the older we get, and it can be hard to maintain friendships as kids get older, families get busier, jobs demand more time, all the things, not to mention the pandemic. As we start to see a glimmer of hope that we will get to reunite with friends soon, Perhaps like me, you have people you will be looking to reconnect with. Maybe you're reevaluating some friendships during this time and you want to be intentional about who you spend time with and the kinds of friendships you nurture. This topic has been on my mind for some time and now that we are looking forward to getting to open our homes again and getting more social, I think it's timely. Maybe you will want to think about starting a group of some sort. I've been a part of several different kinds of little groups or clubs over the years. I will talk you through each of them, how they work, and how you could start your own. I know that mentions of things like book clubs or girls trips can bring up feelings of being left out for many. I think we've all been there at some point. And my advice to you today is to leave all those hurt feelings behind if you have them and decide to be the inviter. If you are not in a group and you want to be, start it yourself. Others will be thrilled to be asked. Someone has to be the instigator, so why not you? I'm also going to share some ideas for things you can just jump into that you don't have to start yourself. I'm going to start with some ideas from my early motherhood days. You know, those are the days when you're kind of dying to get out of the house and wear a clean shirt that doesn't have spit up on it. I remember once being out to eat with a few friends and someone asked us how old our kids were. And we rattled off lots of littles that we had at home. And she said, oh, yes, the Bunko years. I remember that. And it's true. I'll get to Bunko in a moment. But the first one actually goes back to my newlywed days. And it was Girls Night Out. This started when I joined the Junior League of Denver. I had joined the Junior League in the Dallas area. And then I met my husband, got engaged, moved to Colorado, And so I joined the Junior League of Denver transfer class. So everyone in that class was new to town from somewhere, and it was a year of getting acclimated and learning about the Junior League here. So one of the girls started a carpool with those of us who lived in the south suburbs and were driving all the same direction to Denver for our meetings. That turned into us deciding to do dinners out, and it became Girls' Night Out. So I find that the types of people who typically join something like the Junior League are type A, go-getters, they're doers. So everyone in this group was pretty type A. So we had a pretty printed schedule on cute paper and we sent printed invitations, even though it was a pretty small group, probably it was around eight most times, but we would send out printed invitations. We dressed up super cute. We tried all the fun new restaurants. It was an event. 
So the way this works is we took turns hosting each month. The host did the inviting and chose the restaurant. Again, it was once a month. And you could do this for lunch too, like a ladies who lunch. It was really fun at the time. And we ended up throwing each other tons of baby showers, doing play groups, celebrating birthdays, all those things. That group has now moved on. Everyone's kind of gone in different directions. I still keep up with some of them, but it really was a fun season. And those were my first friends here in Colorado. I want to add a note if you try to do something like this, just something I found for this group. Sometimes we tried to do activities. You know, you get so excited, the group is so fun. And so the host would try to make it more involved. For example, like let's all go bowling and then we'll go eat and then we'll do an art class. And really those were lower attendance nights. Everyone really just wanted to go out to eat and talk all night. So don't put too much pressure on yourself to have a big activity, a great restaurant, a night without the kids, out with the girls is a lot of fun. Speaking of junior league, service groups are a great way to connect. I learned a lot in my junior league days. I realized this as I did things later, like organized fundraisers, or when I served as president of my school's parent organization, I realized I had a lot of good knowledge on hand from that time. Volunteering is a great way to meet like-minded people and make a difference at the same time. If you are looking for connection or maybe you're feeling down, find a regular volunteer spot. I think it's a really great idea and there's no shame in volunteering with some selfish motives attached. Organizations need and want your help and you can benefit as well. An example of one I have my eye on, uh, my daughter had some eye issues when she was younger. She hurt her foot at one point and last year she actually had surgery on her hand. Now, none of this was major at all, but it did uh, cause us to spend a lot of time at the Children's Hospital of Colorado. They are so kind and giving to patients and their families there, and often we encountered the coffee cart. A volunteer would come around with a coffee cart and offer coffee or hot chocolate to the kids. She would ask if you like cream or sugar and she would insist on making it for you. They would often give a book to my daughter or a little stuffed animal. They take that cart around and spread joy and serve the families there. So I feel like that's something I would really love to do perhaps when my kids are out of the house is to go around and do the children's hospital coffee cart. So there's all kinds of things you can do in your city. Food banks need help right now, uh, your church, your kids' school. COVID has complicated all of this, but hopefully things will be improving and you can look for those opportunities. It feels good. You can help out, make connections, gain skills. It's a great way to plug yourself in. Earlier, I mentioned Bunko. <laughs> Back to my days as a tired new mom, I was in a couple of different Bunko groups at different times. If you're not familiar, Bunko is great if you want to mix it up with a larger group, a church group, school moms, your neighborhood. In my experience, each group plays the game a little bit differently, but you can look it up online. You pretty much just need lots of dice, or I guess you're supposed to say die, I don't know, uh, little papers, scorecards, and pens. It doesn't take much. It's extremely easy and mindless. The purpose of it is that you play at different tables and then you switch tables as people either win or lose. So you mix it up and have lots of quick conversations with pretty much everyone. It's a vehicle to socializing and keeping everyone in the mix and talking to each other. As far as how it worked with my groups, my groups also served dinner. This was great because you could leave dad in charge of feeding himself and the kids and go be fed a meal someone else made yourself. 
The host would cook the meal for everyone. And in some of the bigger groups I was in, you would have a co-host. So maybe someone who didn't have the space to host in their home or who just wanted to team up with that friend would help make the food so that one person wasn't cooking for, you know, 20, 25 ladies. You would double up that way. The groups I did had everyone pitch in either five or $10. Then at the end of the night, there were prizes for the most wins, the most losses, the most bunkos. Actually, most times the hostess would have a cute little gift. That was the prize for either the most bunkos or in one group, we had a giant fuzzy dice and you would throw it to each other. Whoever rolled a bunko would yell bunko and they would get the dice and you kept throwing it around table to table. And whoever ended up with it last at the end of the night would get to take home the prize. It was fun to go home with some winnings. When you were a mom in the trenches, it was nice to get 30 or $50 that you felt like you could just spend on yourself. And if I remember correctly, in December, we would donate all the money collected to charity. So that was nice as well. You do need a certain number to play Bunko, so you can invite subs. So this can be a really inclusive thing where you can invite new friends, you can invite your neighbors, and you fill in those spots because in a big group, everyone can't always make it. Bunko really helped me to get to know lots of people, and it offered a fun night out when I was home with babies and toddlers all day. Okay, so fun fact, my daughter was born 10 days late after her due date. And in that last week or so, I played Bunko three different times in three different groups. They kept saying, we need a sub. Can you come? And my husband was like, I mean, go while you can. You're about to have a baby. And I knew it was going to be, you know, home for a while. So I went around to all the Bunko groups. I actually won a house plant at one of them. And I had that plant up until pretty recently uh, from that time. So that's a great memory. Let's take a break. And then I'll share about book club, supper club, and Bible study. Spring is finally on the way and new tea towels are in my Etsy shop. New designs celebrate spring, Mother's Day, and others are just fun anytime. Tea towels are a great way to brighten up your kitchen for the season and they make darling gifts. As always, shipping is automatically free when you spend $35 or more. Look for Suburban Soiree on Etsy.com or head to the link in the show notes to shop. Let's talk about Bible study. This has been a great connector and encouragement to me over the years. When I was single in Dallas, I did Bible study fellowship. I enjoyed the level of study there that was new to me to do a study like that, and I learned a lot. I also got to know some wonderful ladies. Some were even at our wedding. Some of us still exchange Christmas cards. I've done community Bible study here in Colorado. I've done many Beth Moore studies through ladies Bible class at my church. When I had little bitty kids, it was so nice to drop them in the nursery and get some spiritual encouragement and chat with all the ladies. I highly recommend jumping into a Bible study near you if you are interested in that. Most of them have homework but it's a great discipline and you do learn a lot about the Bible and your eyes will be open. You'll be encouraged in different ways. And it's a nice way to get to know other believers and ladies of all ages. I love the opportunity to get to know ladies older than me. You could also start a study in your home. There are so many great studies out there that you could go through as a group. I think it's as simple as choosing a study, then having coffee and some muffins and inviting friends to join you. 
Either a study put on by a local church or one in your home is also the perfect thing to invite others to. Bible study is worth the time investment and the work involved because you get so much out of it on many levels. Now let's talk about book club. I'm in a book club that started with chats in the parking lot of preschool. It was actually a Mother's Day out program and we were dropping off our kids and saying we might start a book club and a couple of ladies were putting out feelers for who was interested and it's funny because some people were totally on board. Others were like that is not my thing but the book club started and initially what I really loved about it It was that it was a break from talking about potty training and teething and diapers and all the little kid stuff, which is so normal and you always talk about during those years. But having a book to discuss really broadened our friendships and gave us something else to be interested in and to discuss together. It actually started off pretty big. It was a pretty big group and now it's super small and tight knit. It sort of over time just sifted down to a few really dedicated ladies. I believe there are six of us right now, and it's been a great thing. I really enjoy it. Uh, And as far as the logistics of how it works, most of us do read the books. I know there are jokes about book clubs that never read a book. We are really good about reading, but we also, if someone can't get to the book, there is no shame and there is no judgment and not even a second thought if someone says, hey, I just didn't get to it this month. Over time, we've discovered the kinds of books we all like. They are fiction um, with a certain feel. Often they're about World War II. We joke that we kind of got in a World War II rut there for a minute, but there were so many great books around that time. How it works is the host gets to select the book and then they serve dinner at their home or choose a restaurant for us to meet. We meet about every other month, so each person hosts once a year, and we all love when it's our turn to host. We also do a little gift exchange at Christmas, and we've been meeting for 10 years now. If you are a reader, other readers will be so excited to join you if you start a book club. I highly recommend that. Lastly, let's talk about Supper Club. I'm in a supper club with my husband, uh, our whole family actually, and it started as a life group at our church. And for many reasons, it has evolved into a once a month supper club. We have not met during the pandemic. And I'll tell you, we are planning our reunion buffet and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and we just can't wait to get to meet again. It's going to be epic once we can be back together. As far as how that works, that group meets once a month typically. It's four families and we loosely take turns hosting. We don't have a set schedule. We sort of go by who is up next, who has the availability to host. And the host determines a theme. Uh, We often have a theme. We're not super themey, but they might pick the kind of food or the main course or the direction the meal is going to go as far as the menu. And they will often make the main course and then we all bring food to share. One of my favorite things about this group is that everyone loves to eat and enjoys food and gets excited to share a meal together. It's a great group of friends. They are a true blessing. And we have built some really deep friendships over the years through our supper club. So some thoughts in summary. I, again, really encourage you to put yourself out there and start something like this. If one of these ideas I share jumped out at you, take the leap. As the world starts to open up, it will be the perfect time. You start with a common interest like food or baking or coffee or high tea or books or movies or whatever your group is based around. And that's a way to bring people together. And then I highly recommend creating a set date and time. So 
for example, you would say we meet the first Saturday night of every month or we meet the last Tuesday afternoon of every month. Whatever it is, uh, I think you want to avoid texting back and forth endlessly, trying to find a time every single month or every week or however often you're doing it. If you try to coordinate around everyone's schedules and find that perfect time, you'll probably just end up frustrated and it won't come together. So find a time that seems like it will usually work and stick with that. And I'll tell you this, as the months and years go on, you'll find you are truly connected by having that regular time to get together. Slowly but surely, it builds connection. When my daughter had that surgery this summer, it was my sweet supper club friend who was at our door with dinner and a gift for her. You'll find yourself praying for each other through hard times, laughing about things on a group text. That repetitive time together adds up to a deep connection and great friendship. And you'll find you need the common denominator of the club less and less, and the friendship takes over. We used to play many, many rounds of Bunko at first, and then eventually everyone would decide to end the game early because your table was in a deep discussion and you didn't want to move around anymore. Our book club used to always like deeply discuss the book. We would go online and print out questions. Often there are questions in the back of a book for book clubs. We would go through those. Now we hardly discuss the book. Sure, we read the book and we talk a little bit about it and really whether we liked it or not or how we felt about it. But then it's on to real life. How are your kids doing? Where are you as far as this decision? What has been going on with your family? And that's the point. So be the one who invites, start something new, or say yes to an invitation if you've been hesitant. The connection is priceless. Let's take another break and then I'll share the three things I'm loving this week. Are you obsessed with holidays? Are you a planner? Do you make all the lists? I think half the fun of things like holidays, parties, movie night, and trips is the planning. Personally, I enjoy jotting down ideas and brainstorming ways to have fun as a family or to entertain friends and family in our home. If you're that way too, I've created the ultimate printable tool for you to store all those lists, ideas, and doodles in one spot. The Seasonal Celebration Planner. It's not a calendar, but rather a customizable, printable way to keep track of all your fun plans. So you print it out, printing as many copies as you need of different elements, and put them in a three-ring binder. Then you get out your colorful pens and creativity and fill it with all those memory-making things you want to do. It's 57 pages, including colorful monthly cover pages to use as dividers, a sheet for each month customized to the seasons, Pages for birthdays, parties, trips, a tablescape planner, porch planner, menu planner, plus pages for holidays, everything from Christmas to Cinco de Mayo to Father's Day, plus so much more. Once you download, it's yours to print as many times as you like, year after year. Head to the link in the show notes to purchase this instant download and start planning today with your seasonal celebration planner. Now for the three things I'm loving this week. They will all be linked up in the show notes and on SuburbanSoiree.com on the blog post about this episode. Shopping through these links is a way for you to support the podcast at no extra charge, so I appreciate it. The first item is a new set of glasses, as in drinking glasses. 
I serve my kids milk at dinner still, whether they like it or not. And I had a while back replaced the sippy cups and plastic straw cups and all the crazy kid cups with just some good clear plastic cups from Target. But I realized they are old enough to have proper glassware at the dinner table. They don't necessarily need a kid's cup. But we have a lot of iced tea glasses and larger glasses that don't really work for milk. And I wanted kind of like a nice juice tumbler situation. So I found these really pretty, perfectly sized glasses. It's a set of six and they're kind of decorative and they're just a great size for either orange juice or milk or something like that. I just get a kick out of using them now and my kids seem to appreciate them. So that's one of those things um, you realize you can do when your kids are a little bit older. Maybe you just like orange juice or wanna have that on hand for yourself, but it's a great set and not too expensive. The next item is a beauty product, specifically a hair product. So I have about four hairs on my head that I try to make into a hairstyle. <laughs> I don't have great hair. My daughter has the most gorgeous, thick, luscious, tons of long, beautiful, thick hair. And so I am learning how to deal with this hair because I do not have it. I'm so glad that she does. So we do a lot of leave-in conditioner and a lot of brushing of the hair um, because it does get a little crazy. And so I realized I've been using this product for years now and it would be a good one to share. It is a black vanilla leave-in conditioner and I actually found it in the ethnic hair care section at Target. It smells delightful. It's a really great product for a leave-in conditioner. Kind of works as a detangler for us as well. So I will link that up for you. The last item is kind of funny, but I'm weirdly excited about it. And that is that I bought a Cajun cooking paddle. So it's like a, it looks like a miniature oar for a canoe, but it's used for stirring gumbo or like a big pot of stew. I do not care for gumbo, so I will not be using it for that. But if you have been on the bandwagon of doing laundry stripping, then that's what I plan to use it for. And you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what laundry stripping is, it's a process where you fill up your bathtub with super hot water and you put in a few different detergents and things. You can find all kinds of recipes for this online or on Pinterest. And then you soak your towels or your workout clothes or any kind of laundry that has built up residue and stuff in it. And you stir it every few hours, hence the paddle, and all that nasty stuff comes out. And it's weirdly satisfying. It's one of those things that really caught on during um, the lockdown. And so I, you know, I didn't know how to stir it. And so I looked for a solution. I found this big paddle and it is perfect for that. So that's all for today. I'm so glad you're in my club of podcast listeners. Get out there and connect and keep celebrating. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and I truly appreciate your five-star reviews.